I don't remember if you know, uh, if you remember like pegs on bicycles, like on the back wheels, you could stand on them. Oh yeah, those two protruding. Yeah, yeah. They, like people would like BMXers grind on them, stuff like that. But like that's like if we were going somewhere, like I would just stand on the back of pegs, no helmet. <laughs> like we'd be bombing down like these giant hills, uh, Sand Hill in Maine, where where we grew up. And uh, I don't even think these bikes had brakes. It was just, they would just drag their feet to slow them down. <laughs> and uh, and one like time, I was, I was probably like eight years old. And uh, we, I made it down the hill and we came up to like a bridge crossing and I'm on the back pegs and my, um, my feet slipped off cause we hit a bump. Yeah. And, and my, uh, my nuts just took the full brunt of that oh, accident. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've ever used your, your uh, taint as a brake pad before, but it's not, it's not great. <laughs> okay. Now let's get to the social media. Now it's James Fongemi. Fongemi. It's F-O-N-G. E-M-I-E. F-O-N-G-E-M-I-E. How can people find you out there on social media? See yeah, what so you're up to. Yeah, I'm on uh, I'm on Facebook, Instagram. Those are the two I use the most. Uh, I have a Threads, and I haven't done anything with that yet. I don't have mm -hmm. Twitter. Um, we'll see. i got to get my, my online following presence a lot bigger uh -huh. um, as, as I continue to go down the path of comedy. So what's your Instagram handle at? It's, uh, oh, yeah, it's just James-Fongemi. So first James-Fongemi, uh, last name. And, of course, on Facebook, it is your name. Yep, same thing, just James-Fongemi. Okay. okay, one more time. It's F-O-N-G-E-M-I-E. -E. Okay, James-Fongemi. Now, everyone at home is poised to watch this film same time we do. So everyone at home must press play at the exact same time as we do here in the studio. So why don't you go ahead, James Fongemi, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. All right. Three, two, one, go. Thank you, celebrity comedian. That was very cool. I look forward to listening to it. And now a Western, Carl? Yes. And this is a true life story, right? Uh, okay. See, when I texted you the movie, you replied saying, okay, Billy the Kid. How did you know yeah. it was Billy the Kid? I think, I don't know if the title was Dirty Little Billy. I think it yeah. said Billy the Kid somewhere in the description. Oh, maybe in the description. Because the thing is, if you watch this film and you don't know about, you know, Billy Bonnie. Um, <clears throat> let's see, his name was, um, yeah, Billy Bonnie. If you don't know that name, you don't know the father's, uh, stepfather's name, like, uh, this never says Billy the Kid. It never does. Who was the song of Billy the Kid, and this is how we started. We don't get any of that. Even at the way end, they don't go, okay, you can call me Billy the Kid from now on. Right. Well, I'll call you Billy. Nice job, the kid. To me, yeah, I, like that. Found, I thought it was just some cowboy movie, and I thought it was really interesting. Now, why is it interesting? Like, why don't we even know Billy the Kid? We know Billy the Kid because he killed 21 people. That's how we know. I guess I'll lose this audience. All right, well, the trains are coming. Okay, not only did he kill 21 people, I shouldn't say not only, but that the real reason is he got picked up by the newspapers. And in 1860, 70, 80, whatever, whenever this was, <clears throat> that was spreading around. People read the newspaper, you know, and... Oh, look at this piece out of Chicago. You know, they really shared stuff. Billy the Kid uh, 
he was born in New York, but all the stuff happened to him like um, in Lincoln, uh, you know, far from New York is essentially what I'm saying. I have it written down here. And it made the papers. He killed 21 people. This sheriff was always after him. It was pretty famous. And, you know, he was brought up in, in the court with the rid. Okay, getting off of the stage, coach, here, there's Billy. See dirty little right. Billy? Michael J. Pollard. That's right. And he does a great uh, job. <clears throat> my middle name is Jay. I'm a Michael J. as well. Uh-huh, you fox. So this is mom and stepdad. Okay. Um, stepdad, his name in real life was An A Antrim, Ben Antrim. And Billy the Kid for a time was Billy Antrim, you know, during his. Okay, so they got off of a, a train and look what they got us trudge through. Oh, it's like the marshlands. Are they outside Meadowlands? Oh, <laughs> poor shit. Yeah, you I'll can never see make Route 3 country. being constructed. <laughs> They're off of Route 3. Over. Yeah. Okay, now, Billy's doing the, like, mom, this, and mom, I lost my shoe, and help me kind of thing. Try, the director's trying to show us that uh, he, he's young. In this thing, I think he's supposed to be, like, 16 or 17. In real life, he's 33 years old, but he pulls it off because he's, like, short and baby-faced. You know, that's one thing. Well, he's definitely babyface, but I knew like Billy the Kid is going to be portrayed by an actor who's not the kid. Right. Well, you know? this was trying to debunk the the, the slick Hollywood, um, the, you know, the legend of Billy the King, kid. This was trying to just show like, um, trying to be the real story, just of, of how we got... Uh, and grew to become a psychopath, essentially. Right. One this movie good. launches his crime career, and not even really till the very end. Oh, so this is a slow boil of a movie? A, a uh, character study, and then ends in violence? Uh, 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 some of what you just said is true. I wouldn't say it's slow, but yeah, it's definitely slower, and there is character study. There's violence peppered throughout, but not by him necessarily, you see. Welcome to Motel 6. That's uh, right. <laughs> there's an HBO guide to March on the TV. Sorry, it's June, but we haven't got the new subscriptions. Speaking of which, here's the Star Ledger. You'll have to get the cable, phone, and internet package. Uh-huh, right. Oh, our internet password? Their Wi-Fi password, it's fucking pay for it. <laughs> With a little circle. <laughs> now, this guy at first, I thought he was the father on the Waltons, but he wasn't. He's sort of like the mayor of the town. He's selling them. I don't know. Is he the salesperson? He's getting them to sign a contract that takes the house. And we're They're seeing what shitty conditions it is. Where I don't know why I can't find his information. Are there? Are there is the landlord offering? So it's not landlord. He's selling them the house. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, he's more like a mayor of a town than a salesperson. So I kind of don't understand it. But keeping the town in control. Now he's saying that um, 
Look at that bond. Yeah, keeping the town in control, but also if they become a level three town with enough population, they can get a mayor, they can elect a council, and they can get a sheriff. That's their big goal. Now watch what he writes. Henry McCarty, but in real life, his name was, uh, uh, where's dad? Antrim, Ben Antrim. So also they're in this town. Um, they, they, this isn't historically accurate where they are. Okay. I, I, I think this is a fiction more than want to give it a listen. Let's give it a listen. Yeah. Let's take a listen. Are they outside Disneyland? They are. <laughs> Can't wait to work at Frontierland. <laughs> That's right. Now, Climor got an epidemic on their hands. People are going to start dying and people are going to start fleeing the town. Are they going to force them in? Not force them in, but they'll be forced to move. Uh and this is the next town over, and they'll welcome them with open arms. Even though they have cooties. Yeah. Well, that, that I never understood in the film. Maybe they're, they're anti-vaxxers. We don't believe in the epidemic. Fuck yeah, dude. Oh, hey. You're the mayor if we were a town. Now, this is Nick Nolte's film debut. Really? Yeah. But this is what, 1972? Yes. Wasn't he on like Playhouse 90 in the 50s and shit like that? I don't know. This was his film he debut and he's a little, little guy. Now, I can't find him. I have two suspicions, okay? Mm. Now, it... Can you see against the wall clapping under that? Oh, never mind. They stood up. It's like, welcome the kids. And their kid, Billy. Billy the kid. Twinkie. Please hey. me, make your acquaintance. Do you okay. think Billy the kid and Twinkie the kid are related? No. Okay, look who it is. Hazel Crabtree. Look. It's Gary Busey. Yeah. Can you believe it? 1972, huh? That was like, I guess, yeah. Buddy Holly's story was his big star turn. That was probably yeah. 74 ish. Uh, I have it here, of course. And he's um, he's not crazy yet. Yeah, this is that pre horrible motorcycle accident he had. Right. 1978 was Buddy Holly. So it's not yet. Not That's for right. You know, remember we watched uh, Head of the Family, and I, I yeah. interviewed the the guy who wrote the memoirs with Charlie of Charlie Band. Yeah, Charlie Band has an, a chapter about how he hated, how horrible it was working with Gary Busey. Gary okay. Busey was there for like one day, and like everyone in the, the staff was crew was complaining about him and just kind of handsy, you know. And that was it. <clears throat> he never used him again. So yeah, out of all those movies, he got called out. So it's like, can you hunt? Can you fish? And he goes, no, what can you do? You boys ever play cards? <laughs> so he goes, the saloon. The saloon is the place for you. What goes on there? Well, I don't okay. know. Never been in there. 
ain't allowed 50 feet from the place. Why not? Say Goldie Evans will shoot you just as soon as look at you. Goldie Evans. Say the boy's crazy. Can't let him in. Goldie Evans. He haunts the town. He's like the bad part of the town. I think oh, the present Goldie. <laughs> Listen, I think the um Oh, did the subtitle Okay, never mind. No, it's just that we're positioned over the subtitles. Okay, so now we're having like, okay, it's a new life, it's a new routine. Get the fuck up and start working in the field. That's not Billy the Kid style. <laughs> He's not Billy the Kid yet. He's Billy the preteen, teenager. Let me see. Dirty, dirty teenage Billy. Coffeeville, Kansas, this was set in, even though that's not where he was ever in his real life. Um, he grew up in Kansas, so? No, he grew, he was born in New York and he moved. Yeah. I forget. It's not in front of me right here, but because I didn't really look at the history of Billy the Kid. I read it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This is just not historically accurate, okay? I mean, now, small details. Yeah, go ahead, Carl. Well, we're just going to get act one here in which it's like the fucking stepfather fucking hates him. And Billy's trying, but not with much care. And <clears throat> but anyway, go ahead. That's that's all. What was your thought? We were watching uh, the Buster Keaton story. And yeah. this that also was historically inaccurate. Well, OK, but like that spanned Buster Keaton's life and was a horrible gaffe and a mistake. This is sort of like a story of. How a kid can turn to a life of crime, you know? That's really what we're getting in this movie. So even if they were historically accurate, like they were in the right town and there was the right people, names, it's still all be made up, man. Yeah, I guess you. Right, he's walking oh, so down the street, he sees a person in a window. How do you, none of that happened, you know what I mean? I should take notes then if they're going to show you how to steal. Uh, they're not going, they're going to show you how to kill and then thieve. How to kill. Pick the bones. You're writing it down? Now look uh, at this. You just see in the, see what the director's doing? This director's, I think this is the director's best film, but this director is top shit, shelf, man. Okay. This guy did Mr. Mom. Okay, which we like. Yeah, and he did, um... This is better necessary than Mr. Mom. Roughness. What's that? This is better than Necessary Roughness? Well, okay. Those were like comedies and, and this is really, he'll never make a film like this ever again. Um, he did Love at First Bite. Wow, with, uh, George Harrison. He, no, George. George. Oh, oh I, yeah, I know. Hamilton, Hamilton. Yeah, that sounds right. George Hamilton, and he's always, like, trying. He thinks he's so handsome. He was a good Dracula, but it was totally not the film we're watching here. Okay, so, basically, Billy's hands have been worked to the bone, and he's like, ah, a little hard work in day two. It'll be easy, because we'll have the horse, but look what Billy does. He fucks up. They got run after the horse and get, get that plow, boy. Fucking horse. This guy did The Man with One Red Shoe by uh, with Tom Hanks. With Tom Hanks. That's an interesting movie, Carl. Maybe we should see if that's on YouTube. I doubt it. Okay. I'd like to rent or buy it. 
It's based on a French comedy, and the American version was even weirder. Something about spies. Yeah, he kind of would walk into a room listening to a Walkman. There'll be a spy behind him, and they're about to pounce, and he'll drop something, and he'll go and pick yeah, it up, and just, the guy will go, mm-hmm. yeah. And he wouldn't see it. All right, listen to this dad. He fucking hates him. Did you finish Mending the Fence like I told you, boy? Did you, you finish Mending the Fence? Hell yeah, I was just down there. Oh, mother, I can't even trust you to put a couple of pieces of wood together. Bloody thing you lay your hand to, I have to redo. Henry, <laughs> did I tell Henry, you chill out. Yeah, I'm to... Not in front of the child. You're a bum in New York and you're a bum here. <laughs> wow, he actually said that. He says, I thought I was the only one. Out here. Come on, Billy, speak up. You understand? Useless. <laughs> Where are you going? Sit down, sit down. Stop worrying me about. Oh, my now, that's the first time he's raised his voice to him. Uh, Look at me, Ma. Look at me. I'm dying. So this is the first time he's, like, pushing back. He's had it, you know, you're useless and all this stuff. So he's, like, saying, like, hey, man, I'll, I'll just run away. And he goes, there's nothing keeping you here. And then the mom's like, whoa, you know, how can you say that? And he yeah, goes, there's nothing kid. keeping you here. So basically, yeah, that's excuse he says that in front of his mom. I can't what? think of a single person. <laughs> okay, Here's so yeah. now the dad visits him in the middle of the night and said, all good little boys run away. You better do the same, motherfucker. Run away. The stepdad. The stepdad's telling Billy, yeah. Yeah. Look at that baby, those cheeks. Yeah. Yeah, baby cheeks. Like I said, 33 years old. He's playing a teenager. Yeah, believable. Is he so, one of your not Bert Kurtz? Uh, Bert uh, Kurtz? <laughs> no. Like, who Who do you think he looks like? Not Bud Kurtz. Oh, it's, he, he's definitely a singular look. I've seen him in other movies, and you could definitely, like, he's a character actor for sure. Like, yeah, but there's two not Bud Kurtz that really are not Bud Kurt. This one, yeah. he just is a baby face. It's not... He's not that he's the butt court. So now he is going to hop on the train and head back to New York. Uh oh. He's just hitching a ride like that? He's uh-huh. like proto hobos. Are they proto hobos? Pre hobo? Probo? <laughs> hobo means Hoboken, and there probably was a Hoboken, but I don't think it was. I think the 30s and, tw- you know, that the Great Depression times was the time of the hobo. The hobo. Hobo came from Hoboken, New Jersey? Sure, yeah. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> you think that pissed off Paramus? Come on, guys. Don't you want to be a bunch of Paramus? Paramus. Okay, now this man, Michael Pollard, he was born in Passaic, New Jersey. And guess what? He studied acting at Montclair Kimberly Academy. Oh, wow. Very distinguished, Mr. Yeah. Pollard. Yeah. Montclair Kimberly, huh? MKA. We're from Montclair, New Jersey, so we know of what we deride. So Billy's not heading back east. He changed his mind. I don't know why. He hopped off the train. Well, you know, he didn't want to be a hobo. 
So he said, I'm not going back to New Jersey, that's for sure. Hoboken, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. What country is he in right now? Uh, the good old U.S. of A. Look at that flag. Yep, 17 stars. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. What a good question. Let's see if we can see the flag up close. I didn't even think of that. There's 50 stars. What the hell? 51 stars. Check this out. The guy who produced this was was Jack Warner of Warner Brothers. This is for Columbia, their rival. Okay, you see the chubby face boy on the left, chubby yes. face guy. You know his. Do you know his face? He's not Gary Busey. I could say that. Okay, his name is Mills Watson, and he's known for like Cujo and Papillion. But it says Up in Smoke, and I think he was the partner to that guy in Up in. You know, there was the main cop, and then his partner. I think he was the. Partner. Yeah. Right. Oh man, that was great when they got high. So basically, they're being assholes to Billy. They're like, hey, look, you know, you can't just walk down the street, okay? You don't own this street. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, he is the partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't just walk down this street anytime you feel like it. We're guarding the street. So he goes, go on guarding it. I ain't stopping you. No, we're guarding it from punks like you. Tough Billy. Look. Oh. Boom. He just stepped back and the guy fell? Yeah. It's he must muddy. have grabbed his boot or something. Now, I know this guy's face and I don't know where he is. Okay. We are going to see our first maybe Nick Nolte. He'll be in the top right corner. Uh-oh. No, we're not. It's too late. You want to put on? You, you can put on the sound and we can hear if anyone sighs. I got it. I got it. No one sounds like Nick Nolte. Now, they're coming out of the saloon. And that was Goldie, who we've heard about. Oh, Someone they shot Goldie? in the saloon, and... So now he's calling to Billy. He's going, kid, get my knife. Don't do it, kid. <laughs> Come on, kid, get my knife. Oh, look at that. He's conflicted. Not oh. very. Those other guys were being jerks to him, so he's going to be on... He goes, God damn it. So he's going to be on Goldie's side, even though that's the stupid choice. He just saw him kill two people. Now look yeah. at the saloon. It's not a saloon with a bar and a... I mean, it yeah, does player. have a bar, but it's, it's just this shack. No, excuse me. I think I've seen enough movies to know what an old Western bar would look like. Right. You walk in, you got the double doors. doors. Right. You have Pat Hinkle and every other piano. Piano. Hey, Stand do you remember that? Piano. Remember those famous background actors in that famous Western? They were rehired and they're sitting there playing poker. <laughs> There's our bartender. There's our one bar patron. And then we have Goldie. And the woman's name is Burl. Oh, does she have a parlor on the second floor <laughs> if you mean is she a prostitute yes oh okay <laughs> but it's and really realistic you see there were a bunch of movies all in a row that tried to debunk the 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 um you know the western of the cowboys of tv 
in this time period. Sure. I, I could think of the Robert Altman movie, uh, McCabe, whatever that movie was. Uh, there are five of these new Western styles in th within a three-year period. Um, Big Little Man, 1970, demolished a heroic Custer. Um, and Doc is, makes Wyatt Earp look corrupt. Oof. There was a bunch of films like that. And um, How dare they? This was one of them. They're just trying. They had enough fake cowboys. You know, I, I've been reading about a movie called Zebediah from 1971, which originally the Fireside Theater wrote the screenplay, and then they went their own direction. It was a Don Johnson was in it. It was kind of like a rock opera, a rock uh, star uh -huh. in an old Western movie, and it was produced by Dick Clark. Oh, so. that sounds right. All right, listen to this, though. Tell me, if you do me a favor, <laughs> anything's better than living this dumpster, ain't it? <laughs> you hear what he said? <laughs> he don't like it here in Coffeeville. Now there's no, there's no, like he's fake sheriff. Right. And that other guy is like fake mayor. They don't have a jail. They don't have guns. They don't have money. You, you know, uh, Sergeant Sedenko's partner, he kind of looks like uh, Walton Goggins, I guess. Got that, that look. I guess maybe because I'm, it's a Western and I think of him. I don't know that name, Walton, but I trust you're right. Goggins? I'm mispronouncing his name. He, oh, okay. he was, uh, yeah, he's in a bunch of shit. Now, see, what the fake mayor is like, listen, listen. He robbed you of $40, so here's $40 to square it up. We don't want you speaking poorly of Coffeeville on the on the trail. On the trail, right. You got a good word. $10. Listen, can you can you shoot an Instagram where you like the town? Here's another 40 <laughs> Yeah. Look, they're taking his shoes. Uh, what a great town. No, but Mike, these people have nothing. There is no shoe store. You know what I mean? Yeah. Look, they're looting them. They're looting them. Because they're going to need that jacket. Seriously. Are they going to bury them at least? Uh, probably, yeah. The, as a matter of fact, the mayor goes, here's $10 for a decent burial. I know he was your good friend. He goes, yeah, well, good friends are hard to come by. He goes, get his boots. Jeez. <laughs> wow. The moment you get shot, Carl, I'm going for your jacket. So they didn't? Yeah, well, you're welcome to it. I mean, if we lived in a apocalyptic zombie, zombie apocalypse, yes. you might, you know... You might need my suit, my jacket. All right. Not if you got bitten by a post-apocalyptic zombie. I'm, I may have to wait. See if you turn into a zombie. What? I would definitely turn into a zombie. All zombie attacked people do. Isn't it a bite? I never understood that. Like, if you were a vampire and you bit another person for their blood, they become a vampire and they have to bite somebody. And yeah, but unless you kill them. You see, if you suck all the blood out and they die, or or they just die during the So you the can act. leave, like, 
a pint of blood in there and then they'll be like your slave. I don't I, no, I don't understand it. It's like you can make another person a vampire by biting them and getting the blood in them. Right. Not like but, sucking. But, I don't know. I don't know how it works. These are questions I think about when I watch westerns. Do you like westerns, Carl? Um, I, uh, some yes and some no. Like, uh, yeah, I guess I like the genre of westerns, I guess. But the thing is, it can't be John Wayne movie, you know? It can't be an old TV show. I got to see Unforgiven or... Pale Rider. Yeah, I got to see... Outlaw Josie Wells. You you know what I mean. There's good Yeah, movies. no, I hear you. I just it's just interesting watching superhero movies ad nauseum, knowing that as a culture we wholly rejected westerns to a point where it became very niche nowadays. Or just not, you know, a genre that people will I don't know, it still exists, of course, there's well, still fans. Remember um, we started with Shane in like 1920 or whatever. We went all the way through the 50s and even the early 60s having Westerns. America yeah. had enough of it. I think that's, I think that's Shane, what... I think, was in the 50s or 40s. But yeah, there were the Westerns like Tom Mix. And when movies were coming about, they had the Western serials. It was definitely a staple. And then, you yeah. know, television in the 50s, maybe yeah. the stations would play the old serials, but they had like a lot Gunsmoke, Bonanza, those shows lasted for a long time, you know. And those are only the ones, that, Gunsmoke and Bonanza, you and I know because they were in reruns and... Um, right. I I, which I didn't really watch. There was like The Virginian and yeah. um, there were a million of them. The Rifleman. Um, okay, so he slept in some barn hen house last night and he stole their eggs and he just was letting the chickens roam. Yeah. Worst Airbnb guest. <laughs> uh, hey, you gave me a bad review on Airbnb. You now stole my eggs. Stealing. Look, stealing like yams or some shit. Like you said, and this is the Coffeeville, right? This is the town that nobody has anything. That's right. That's right. Okay. Well, all those things came from the farm, you know, growing chicken, uh, picking sweet potatoes. Okay, listen. Now look at his face. Yeah. He's not really, he's almost amused. I am. What do you want? Oh, I got uh, something to give to Goldie. He's sleeping. He doesn't even really care if he gets give killed. Me, I'll see he gets it. Uh, yeah, well. You tell me and I'll tell him when he gets up. Um. <laughs> Wouldn't, wouldn't mind waiting right He can't wait. <laughs> Look how he's he almost laughing. He's going to be busy later. Yeah. You're busy right now, girl. You hear the bell? You think this is a joke? Joke? Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. That's her bell? Yeah. She's Weird. called to duty. She's a call girl. <gasps> I guess they're calling her. Hey, kid, come over here. I ain't that stupid. Talk to you. Come here. We ain't going to do nothing. Come on. Come on, kid. Hey, word of honor. I'm not going to do anything. Over here, buddy. Over here. Word of honor. 
ain't that stupid. Oh, come on. Come on, come on man. Come on. Is he going to fall for it? We're just going to tickle you. We're just going to tickle you. Okay. They're going to give him some money. Uh, uh, Goldie was promised by the mayor some tobacco. Okay. And so yeah. he, then he starts going like, well, you got any eggs? You have any ham? You know, he goes, you just take the tobacco. I think that's why he's bringing him the eggs, you know, because he, um, he wants to contribute to Goldie. Anyway, they don't want to go over there. Goldie just shoots people. So they're like, we'll give you a, uh, two bits or something like that to deliver this tobacco to Goldie. And then he goes, I want a dollar. They're like, fuck you. And he goes, all right, give him a dollar. That's eight bits, Carl. Yeah. So <clears throat> was a bit of coin? I never got that. If two bits was a quarter, that means yeah. one bit is 12.5 cents. Right. So what's a bit? Oh, uh, American... the name they called it instead of like cents or something. It's just a name. No, no, no. Cents is cents. There's 25 cents in a quarter. 17.5 cents was called a bit. It was. It's half Weird. a quarter. It's an eighth of okay. a dollar. They called it a bit. You know, maybe because the, the quarter was so powerful. Like you really had to split it in half to kind of comprehend the amount. Like you can see, like one bit oh, goes yeah, to the haircut. Instead of having uh, three nickels and a couple penny, yeah, and you can't. Yeah. Now he, like, he's like, go make us this food, and he like called her bitch. I like, I really don't like it, but he is. It's a complicated movie. He is. Yeah. So he's like, come here, kid. Come here, sit down. Like now they're kind of getting acquainted. I mean, he just brought them eggs and yams. And he got him, and he brought him the tobacco. I did notice when he said bitch that they uh, deleted it in the, the subtitles. Ah, interesting. A little line. Did they nice. say gun? This is a good breakfast. Cigarette, eggs. And the yams. Yams. You got any money? Come on, your folks came all the way from New York. You don't got any money nowhere. Nope. 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 He's our Star Trek convention. He was in a, a connection. He was in Miri. What was the name? Michael J. Yeah. Why do you keep calling him Michael J? But he is Michael J. Pollard. Um, Michael J. Yeah, well, yeah it was Fox. called Miri, 1966. It was this one if, like, if you... You didn't have the disease when you were a kid, but as soon as you became an adult, you started getting it on your face. Huh. He was also in the first first season in one of the episodes of Lost in Space. As a boy? Yeah, it was a weird boy. He was um he was a Peter Pan like boy who lives in the dimension behind all mirrors. <laughs> oh. Oh, that Peter Pan like boy. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Peter, Billy the Pan like boy. Yeah, you know, Pollard, I, I'm going to go on and say it. I saw a movie, it was a John Houston movie. I think it was called Hard Time. He was a preacher and he was a real scoundrel. And uh -huh. uh, it's just him trying to prophesize. And, you know, it's, I think it's the 20s or could even be the 1800s. But 
he's just like if you think he's getting you know enjoyment out of this shit you used to see him you know as this you know fire uh starter it's pretty cool yeah basically he's so, saying like there's this guy um named big jim okay and he's like russell's cattle and that's a good place to like make a living you know and he's gonna i don't know he, he's Is basically he talking about how he's good like he said, like, do you have any money? No. Even though they came from New York, no. And he goes, the difference between you and me is I know how to get money. Now, look what happened. She did that on purpose to hit him in the head. And look what, she, look what he does. Wow. He didn't shit out of her. Well, he didn't. He was just doing a slap thing, right? He didn't really. Right. Well, wait, he and doesn't know. He's shaking her. Yeah, of course. He's being very, very violent. This is what goes on between them. Like, she tries to defy him. He gets tough. She does it. But even though she does it, she, she like, she bonked him in the head with it on purpose to go, fuck you, making you food. You know? Now, Billy, I don't know. He doesn't, you know, he just allows it to happen. The bartender behind also, you know, it's sort of like not their business or they're embarrassed. Right something they're looking at their watches <laughs> yeah checking twitter saloon that box look at that view with one table it, yeah it's not really a saloon saloon no a saloon has more than one table carl they have square ones ones that you they get broken when someone gets thrown on it during right. this fight they have right. those collapsible chairs uh-huh. Oh, you mean the ones that they, you could hit each other on the head with? Yeah. So now, basically, Goldie said, you know, hey, Joe, put up uh, Billy for the night. Let me see. His name's not Joe. Um, here he is. I didn't this write down Coffee his name. Bill. Bartender. His name's Joseph Ellick. He's from Montana. He was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and that's why I recognize his face. Um, he was in the producers in 1967. I don't think he was the Hitler dude. No, um, no, that's a famous guy. Is it, aren't so, everybody in Coffeeville named Joe? No, well, Big Joe is this castle cattle rustler away from the town. This guy's coincidentally named Joe. Okay, now he was in River Edge, New Jersey in 2019 and he fell. And when he fell, he just, it didn't go well, and he died. So he died in New Jersey, River Ridge, New Jersey, and he was, he's buried in Paramus. He's not a hobo. No, no, he's a Paramus. All so all we, respect. we, you know, some people are born in Jersey and other, you know, we give it and we take it away. Is there like a New Jersey tax? So I have to go back and be buried in New Jersey soil? No, you can be buried anywhere you want in this world. I don't know New Jersey that favor. No. <laughs> There's only so much plots of dirt around here. Oh, yeah, you got to drive. I, it's only so much you could, time you could hold your breath while driving. <laughs> they keep adding bodies. It's going to be longer cemetery rides. Do you remember the one on the Garden State Parkway with the brewery in the middle? Yeah, I do. And I remember as a kid always holding my breath. And maybe like right. the brewery, I would go... <laughs> 
too long. So across the street, there's just a big ruckus. But what they're doing is they're building. Oh, oh no, no, no. This is okay. Remember we heard about the epidemic? Yeah. How and happy they are. Yeah, there's got to be like 20, 30 people coming. So they're like, we're a class three city. Even though they're infected. Well, they might be infected. Well, their perspective isn't. Oh, you mean like they would be infected with this plague? And yeah. I don't know. Plagues, doesn't a plague also mean like famine? Like you run out of yeah, food? It kills your cattle, maybe. Something like that. Like maybe it's a plague on the animals. They never seem scared that they're going to get COVID. So it's not COVID. It's more of a pox. I don't know. What do I know? <laughs> <laughs> so look, they, they're bringing goats and stuff. So I guess those were in effect. I don't know. Now, but anyway, uh, is, this is good yeah. for the town. They get a bit decent population, and, you know, there's going to be some law and order. People like no, uh, no, no, this movie's, just... this, yo, no, this movie's called Dirty Little uh, Larry or whatever the fuck. It's Billy the Billy. Kid movie. Yeah. yeah. We know it's going to go straight to crime. Man, they are slow walkers. Can't they speed this movie up? Well, that's you know, the thing about the director. I really love this director, but the, I, I often, every single time I watched this film, I thought this scene was like, you know, a little drag assy. All right, I'll tell you about the film. Warner of Warner Brothers. I told you that. Jack Warren. He's like, fuck you, Warner Brothers. He made, for Columbia, he made that horrible 1776, the musical. And yes. he did this as a producer. The cinematographer is great. You can see how pretty this is, if not lengthy. Yeah. Um, the lighting is great too. Like it's all that, you know, natural lighting that natural we see, lighting. even though they're inside. Um, the soundtrack's just kind of 1880s music. Plucka, plucka, plucka. Some asshole has his radio on. Uh, 1800s. Do you mind turning your radio off or trying to walk to the new town? <laughs> put on your headphones. Yeah, can you can you put on your headphones? I Listen, I hate that Umpa shit. <laughs> okay, so now there's new people in town, and what does that mean for Goldie? New chances to gamble. Mm. This film premiered at the San Francisco Film Festival in October 20, 1972, before opening at the Vogue Theater. In San Francisco, the Vogue? Five days later. A good theater. I think the Vogue's in the marina. Yeah, San Francisco Film Festival. That's the thing. It was a thing during the 90s, uh, 70s, still happening. Mm hmm. I went to uh, a screening in the 90s once. In the San. Um... International. San Francisco Film Festival, yeah. Yeah. The S5th. I think it was a Roman Polanski movie, and Roman Polanski spoke via satellite because he wasn't able to come to the country back then or now. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't set foot on uh, San Francisco soil for that one. Now, what I want you to know here is um, we were talking about how this is historically inaccurate. Billy had a brother, and he's not in this thing. Right. And so isn't it like he would hang out in Tombstone, Arizona with Wild Earp and Billy the Kid and 
Billy's brother and then the coward who shot Tom Ford, the coward who shot uh, Jesse James and all those guys. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay, now he's going to call his friend a punk. Okay, you're on, Bill. Give me a fresh bottle of whiskey. We're going to make us a... He's going to call uh, Billy a punk. And I don't know, Goldie's going to get offended by that. But I don't know if it's really offended or he's just looking for an excuse because his cards were for shit. Because they're doing double or nothing now. All their money and a watch. It's a little hard for me to see the screen. Are they playing draw five card? I can't tell. Oh, no, it's blackjack. Look at those old ass cards, man. Yeah. So he got a two and that fucking sucks. <laughs> now, watch him get called punk. Now look, you see him taking the knife? See her taking the yeah. knife? She knows something's going down, but I don't think she knows what. Mm -hmm. He goes, hey, punk! Thank you, Bill. Hey, punk. Yeah. Who pours a drink? Where's your manners? Now, is Goldie really offended, or is he looking for some out? You. Oh, so Goldie gets pissed you. off before Billy registers it. Yeah. I was just kidding. I don't mean anything. It's the worst thing somebody could call you, Carl. Punk. Punk. Or a poser. That's even worse than being called. You know what's even worse than being called a punk? Just play the poser. A skate rat. Gina is a fucking poser. Gina is fucking poser. Gina is fucking poser now. Understand? Issue? That's really funny. Now watch this. Wow. This is the saloon fight? Yeah, you see, like, it's well done. The, it erupts. It's not out. Look how many times he misses. Yeah. This gun is called a 8. It's a Walter Colt 44, and it was really inaccurate. His name, the gun's name is Walter? Yes. Oh, no, he got shot. Historically Walter. inaccurate. No, he didn't. Uh, it misfired. It's not firing. I need more natural lighting in the screen so I can see kind of what's going on. You really can't see. Maybe it's hey, no. I see images. I I just my lighting. It's probably my lighting. So there's a glare on your computer, maybe. Uh, no. Okay. No. Okay. I see it. Now Burl's got that knife. My gun, you little Now, watch this yeah. misfire. It's a real thing. It was called the flash fire. Okay. okay. All six chambers fire at once. Easy, son. He ain't shooting nobody. He's 
So what's going to happen when they do it? You, the guy who shoots get hurt, right? Yes. Oh, the sound effects is great in that. That's called a flash fire? Yes. Now, the girlfriend, or wife, I don't know, he is mad. You stabbed my husband. Right. Now look, they're kind of kind of sword fight. It's weird. Well, I mean, it's a small room they're in. They're, they're, they're gonna, one of them is going to kill the other. Pretty cool. I do like westerns where they have the fights inside. Like, uh, I don't know if you ever saw Heaven's Gate. They had a good battle and they're stuck in a shitty little house. I guess the kill bills do a lot of posturing and they clink knives like sword fighting. Yeah. Weird. I guess it's uh, like, yeah, get your jabs in, you know, trying to find an opening. Yeah. So th this is the debut of Ed Lauter. I don't know him. Charlie Franklin. I don't know him. An experimental filmmaker artist named William Alt. Know that dude? Alt comedy? Don't know. And, and Nick Nolte. And Nick what they Nolte. used to do is they put this. They would put grease over the front of the six chambers of this cult gun. And that would stop the fire, so it wasn't done. Okay, here it comes. Isn't that horrible? Yeah. Burl cut her ear off. And while she's getting dragged out of there, Goldie's like, take your bitch's ear. <laughs> Let me put it on. Take your bitch's ear with you. I remember this coffee bill. Yeah, what about the ear? I hear ya. So that's it. They're gone, and they'll leave for the film. I don't know. You do stuff like that, don't you think there would be revenge and? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, this is probably how lawless this neighborhood is. That you know, they're not going to come back and fight. You know. Very uh -huh. lost near. Man, that was crazy, right? Like, <laughs> is it me or are you getting goosebumps? I'm all like, oh, I don't know. You want to do something? You want to take a jog or go get a pizza? <laughs> You're so filthy. Like, blood is on his back and, you know, dirt and mud. Just a now, the one, um, the one guy who's always drinking in the saloon, he's gotten killed. Right, makes terrible business. This is why they had to close the open mic at the bar at the saloon. Uh huh. They killed their <laughs> one patron, Eddie. Listen, Andy was a paying customer. Eddie, he Eddie. killed him. Eddie. Uh, killed Eddie. Yeah, right. Oh, kill Spiegelman, but Eddie was a paying customer. Spiegelman just sits in the back with his list. He doesn't buy a beer. 
Set decorations here are done this by this guy named George James Hopkins, and I don't know, it's pretty good. I really think I'm in the Old West. Absolutely. I, I will admit, Carl, that it is kind of hard for me to see. I do see the images. It's just things are now now I see things are clearer. Now that we yeah, finally have sunlight. I think it'll I'm recording on my side and I see it kind of okay. Yeah, I know no, it's perfect. dark. So maybe I try not to watch these movies when you when you're doing it because I want to come in fresh. I want to be yeah. like the audience, but less bored. Right, that's the goal is to have like U.S. audience member. I am, you know, because I'm not wearing pants. Right, I, I'm driving to work. I'm working out at the gym. <laughs> I'm playing the same video game over and over again. Where else do I? I'm at work. That's where I listen to my podcast. Now, this is all filmed in Arizona. You had mentioned Arizona before. There's two two towns in New Mexico that were used. So now they're talking about the gun. These guns are just not reliable. Just cock them and fire them, cock them and fire them, shoot as fast as you can. He's pointing at his face. I hope to Christ you hit something. Got to be willing. Got to have it in. Yeah, obviously they're not NRA members because they wouldn't be waving it at each other. Now, he's going to teach Billy how to shoot. That is the stupidest idea I ever heard. <laughs> They're going to shoot it in the in the place. Hey, I have an idea. Let's teach Billy the kid how to shoot. Are you sure that's a good idea? Yeah. What's the worst that could happen? He doesn't know how to. You know, this is his birth, as it were. But okay, so Burl sees that Goldie's teaching him how to shoot. And that means Burl realizes that Billy is going to be around. And she's she is not going to support two men. Right now she's supporting Goldie. Goldie. She's like, if I'm you gotta crossing my legs for good. Okay, squeeze one off. You two, all the luck in the world. Who's a really actress? Well, who's gonna make eggs and jar yam? Yeah, get smacked around. Okay, now all that's happening is across the street they're building like a a hotel. That's all, and there'll just be a commotion. Um, but let me tell you, this movie is a good movie that like doesn't end right. It, it, it ends in a very unsatisfactory way, but it is well done, well shot. All the acting is sensational. I've seen every other one of these other movies you mentioned this guy directed. I've never even heard of this. And maybe it's because yeah. it's one of those early 70s Westerns that I just kind of phased out or something. It just, it launched him. So, I don't know. It's just like the other movies about Billy the Kid are sensational and they glorify him and they're really trying to entertain an audience and tell him a story. This film has no romance. It has no what escapism. What's the word, you know? Yeah, no, it doesn't romanticize it. It doesn't uh, provide escape, uh, ent escapist entertainment, I guess. You're really there in the 1880s. Okay, now, the bell rang. Look at her. Uh -oh. She's not moving. Now's the time for, you know, Kill confrontation. 
I told you I'm done. Uh oh. Kenneth Brown looking. Guys gotta go to the David Busters down the street. <laughs> uh oh. Peaceful. It's in the Now, Billy doesn't like it. For the first time ever, right? Right. Billy's not going to be idle. Hey! Hey! You don't want to work, you don't have to work. It ain't right to make it work. It ain't right. It ain't right. Uh, it ain't right. It just ain't right. Damn it. Comes from. Do you think this is free? Do you think we eat and drink around here for free? Now look, Burl left, and Burl yes, exactly. went to the bedroom. Okay. Room. So it's just those guys in the room. Yeah, and he's basically trying to explain why he is a pimp to her, but without these terms. Come here. Damn it, Bill! Come over here. Oh, I ain't I that to... stupid. I need to take notes as to explain how how he's pimping. Dumbass. Don't do it, Billy. Look, Bill, I want to try to explain something to you. I mean, I'm, I really want to explain something to you. When two people like Burl and me is really in love with each other. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. We just do anything for each other. I mean, there's nothing we wouldn't go along with for each other. Yeah, except she didn't want to go along, and you had to and, smack and her in there. We're out of here, Bill. We got to live. I mean, we got to eat. Pimping got to eat. The situation was reversed, and, and I was a girl, and Burl was the boy. I'd be in there. I'd be doing exactly what she's doing for me right now. Do you believe that? I don't believe it. That's yeah, a I good point. It. All right, you're on. I betcha. Bill ain't right. Bill, what's the matter with you? You're just a kid, Bill. Yeah. I know what's bothering you, Bill. Yeah, what? Oh, yeah, I do. I know exactly what's bothering you. My itchy gonorrhea. Probably give me a bottle of whiskey. Okay. I, I'm not clear on this... It's very well done. He's like, I know it's bothering you. And then basically, he has her, him sleep with Burl. So it's like, what's bothering you is like you like her or something. And, that's, and she sleeps with him even though after she wanted him out. That's going to change in this scene. Now, look, here's Dick Van Patten. What? Really? <laughs> <laughs> for made is enough with his Surprise! shirt off finally he's in a lot of 70s movies he's in soylent oh, green of course yeah soylent green right yeah this is one this is no way to roll, roll, run a business and he gets run out he's oh, in West World, freaky friday he's comic he, relief in this movie thank in god in a way in yeah. a way ew i saw him with his shirt off 
and kissing Burl. This is no way to run a business. Okay, so this film is good and it tells a story arc and I mean, it doesn't end right and that fucking ruins it. And there's other bad things about it, but mostly the acting, like the writing is solid. The director yeah. wrote this with this uh, guy who's uh, some executive. Um, well, it's not in front of me right now, but. He's another embittered, fired Warner Brothers exec. Yeah, it's well, no, it, it was more like he's from business, like car manufacturing. I'll find it. I'll find oh, it. All right. An investor. Yeah, probably. Probably. It's his first film and everything. So now they have, it's not really a heart to heart. It's just a conversation. He starts asking about the family picture and she starts talking about it. And then she feels, I'll let you see. She feels bad for like wanting him out. Wow, that must be some strong hooch. <laughs> oh, they're just drunk all the time. And in most movies, it's bottomless fit. But in this right. movie, you see them not handling the alcohol well. All the way up. Now, you, you recommended this movie, and it looked really cool. And I'm glad we're watching it. But what, what, got you, what, what decided you to, to pick this one? Well, I knew we were having trouble finding a film. So what I did before was like, you look up some guy like a George C. Scott or, yeah. or a, um, uh, what's his name from The Fugitive we watched last week? Oh, Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy, you type Lee, in Tommy Jones. Lee Jones. There's got a, these kinds of stars. They started way back. And so I looked up Nick Nolte. I just looked up a bunch of people. I like that. Led me. Oh, here. I really like that. I I wrote the I read the like reviews, like blurbs and stuff. I don't know. It just seemed interesting. It had no commercials. Okay, so this is a good movie, and I know we're talking over it. So God bless. But you keep referring to this ominous, horrible ending. Yeah, you know. The movie just I don't know. stops. The movie just sort okay. of stops. Do, do they all get shot in the head and they zoom into the, the bullet wound and then, then they freeze it? Do their car explodes because they hit a truck? <laughs> You've got the right idea, but that it's not their death. But yeah, it just is like, it ends these characters we've never even seen before. It's sort of like a random. I must have been a sad side. Look at now she's talking about how Goldie saved her. The one that Goldie even looked at me. Now watch her acting. Goldie. I probably would have died. So Goldie saved her life. Now watch her act. Watch her act. I'm watching. Watch harder. Okay, I know. Okay. Do I have to hold my breath like I'm passing by a cemetery? <laughs> Is it because it's not polite to breathe when others can't? I, yeah. 
I wouldn't hurt you for nobody. She's remorseful for being me. It's a really good moment for them. I'm glad they slept around. I'm glad I was a free trick. <laughs> Another sleep. Now there's kissing her. Even the dark, I know what's going on. Did you see the back of her hand with the slit in it from the knife fight? Yeah. Now the director's going to show us fireworks. Superimposed. Superimposed over the screen as Billy gets lucky. And now on Cowboy Radio, we play that contemporary hit, the 1812 Orchestra. Do, 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 do. Junk, junk, boom, junk, junk. Do, 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 do. Ugh, run yourself off the road. I don't think this was a box office success. It made $200,000. I don't know what they spent on it, but it's not talked about. It's not known. No, it's not really known. I mean, you know, as a moviegoer, you want to go to a theater and you want to see a movie. And if they say, look, it's an aimless, you know, it's it's a more naturalistic retelling of Billy the Kid. You, you said go, aimless. Well, I mean, sure. I mean, not this movie because you okay, can see okay. things are being built up. You know, you do you do see things are kind of being set up, and uh, you do see them evolve a little bit. So it's not aimless, but it is kind of like I don't know. I I don't have the patience. If it wasn't for the fact that we're watching this together, right? And I also made you watch this four times prior. I don't <laughs> know if I would sit and watch this movie on my own. I would be like, so it's just basically eighty minutes hang and then 10, twenty minute shootout, and that's it. You know, like okay, so. We started with the coming to Coffeeville and having to farm the land. We got the rejection, right? Mm -hmm. And basically kicking him out of the house. He He's going to go back to New York, but then he aims wander. He, he wanders aimlessly, right? Wander out, yeah. There's a bar fight that he gets involved with, and he begins to get to know Goldie. And even though that guy is going to kill him, he comes back the next day with gifts. He's trying to, like, make a friend in Goldie. He likes him, okay? So now he's hanging out. Coffeeville's got its new people, and what should happen? It's the first gun... It's the second gunfight that he's encountered with this guy. But he, okay, listen to this. It's um, Lou Danube. Wait, it's that waltz. Do, 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 yeah. do, do. Right. Hey, it's the Blue Danube. Hey, it's that's. Um, I wore a yellow Danube by mistake. It clashed. Bum, 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 bum. Oh, I'm walking in space, Carl. Uh, look at this superimposed not dancing this. She totally. Who are you slamming, director? Is she slam dancing like a good punk? <laughs> no, she's doing whatever dancing like a good 1880s lady. It's the like a jig. It's called a jig. Yeah. Okay. All we're getting here is a montage of like a week, two weeks in which, you know, 
They're friends. They live together. He's getting his hair cut. He's practicing his gun. You know, and we're going to get a lot of I'm drunk right now. Yeah, a lot of drinking in this. One of the taglines was Billy the Kid was a punk. Look, the bell's rung, and so she's off to do her duty. Look at her. Yeah. Now, she's not a sex worker because she's just not, she's not going to be doing any work. <laughs> it was funny. Is, is that in your act, though? Yes. No. Right. Yes. I accuse my wife of it. I say, like, I want to do it. And she goes, I'm not a sex worker, you know. And I go, no, no, honey, no, of course, no, you're not, you're not working. You're just laying there. Okay. Um, right. The other tagline, now that you'll disown me. No, keep going. Uh, it, this is the fucking clunkiest tagline ever. Dirty Little Billy is a different kind of movie. It's not about Billy, the kid you've known and loved. It's the real William H. Bonnie, and the real William H. Bonnie was a loser. Dirty Little Billy is the end of his legend. What kind of a tagline is that? That was on the poster, man. Wow. Was it like bright psychedelic colors and shit like that, and you couldn't read the font? No. No, it wasn't. It was white against black. Uh, it was like they were trying to do the old shot of Billy the Kid, you know, that old photography of the 1880s but this is like morpheus it takes so long to build i just want him to morph i don't want him you know like i don't know it's like a prequel it's a prequel carl i gotta it's i already know how it ends i like how it ends that's the cool part but now i gotta build up learn about leatherface just get to the you know texas chainsaw massacre i don't need a prequel uh, there was this film called McCabe and Ms. Miller. There was this film yeah. called Oh, Like a Deer. There was this film called Bad Company. These were movies that like debunked the Old West, just like this one made it all grimy. I bet you it's so dark you can't see. I can see very well, but you right, can't it's see no, it's well. grimy. I, she's holding her hands. It's her hands are yeah, in her ears. Right. Yeah. So it was the time to say to de-glorify the West for about you know. From 68 through 72, 73, something like that. Look, it's Billy's mom. And he goes, <gasps> Billy, he's dying. Okay. Oh, stepdad? It's the death of stepdad, and we're at the funeral. And I, I think we're going to now see Nick Nolte. And I want you to help me. All right. I'm going to look. Now, do I see any paunches? No. Do I see uh lost yeah, gravelly voice? Yeah. Amen. There he is. There he ashes is. Ashes to ashes. Now we see Busey. Look to the left. You see him? Oh, okay. Let's All right. No, I can't see the screen because mm -hmm. it's natural sunlight. To the left of the mom. Block he's blocking huh. your, his face right now. Now now you see his face? That's Nick Nolte. You think that's him? I guess so, yeah. I'll go for it. Ugh, what a basket case. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? Damn it. There's Nick Nolte's ear. Uh-huh. There's there Gary Busey with his big teeth. Uh, that's okay. I don't... Why is she giving him dirt? I don't need it where I'm going. Look, you see him? His, his wind is blowing his hair. That is so yeah. Nick Nolte in the center. That is it's Nick Nolte. 
Yeah. He was in a lot of TV. If he was wasn't in, he like in a 50s, miniseries, he was a child actor. Yeah. But I think he did some some seminal 70s. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of like North and South or Look how young things. he is, though. Yeah. Okay, now. You see, get out of the way, Busey. Like, okay, we've done it. He's buried. I'm out of here. And the mayor, the fake mayor, is trying to like show him opportunity. I can get you a job. I can get. What are we going to do with this? We could. You can sell your ranch. Trying to make him fuck right. Maybe a farmer. Maybe you're right, Billy. But I bet there's not a farmer in these parts that wouldn't have been proud to have done what he did. Listen, this town stressed me out. I got to move to Decafville. That's very good. Coffeeville. Decafville. Sell the farm. What do you mean? Dollar for the farm and. Now, what does it mean? We. He's gonna start getting with Billy's mom. Be a post office. Oh. Yep. Oh, so. Moment stepdad is. So ew, he would be like Billy the kid's other stepdad. Right. Gonna need a cattle counter when it Look, you could be a cattle counter. It's like, come on. Look, all you got to do is sit on your ass, and when the cows get into the train, you go one, two, three, four. Hey, That's all you, you got to do. You don't even have to do that. You just have to go. Yeah, there they go. Just point at them. There's those cows. Where'd you hear that from your new friend, Goldie? What the hell does he know? He's a bum. He's nothing but a crazy, no good, trouble-making bum, and you can tell him for me if he doesn't get out of town, he's in deep trouble. It's not bad, nothing, Goldie. Because I don't have to. Start next week. There's somebody else that's going to do the talking for me. The law. Now has got a lawman, professional lawman. A professional lawman. Ooh. And his name will be. Whiter. Don't love it, but it's Rich Stall. He's a guy you know his face. He's always in. He was in Beware the Blob, which we saw. We saw. Yeah, we saw that. But Private he must have been older than Overboard, then, the American president. You know what? We, we, that movie was, uh, Where the Plot was maybe six years later from here, so he wasn't that old. Right. So now, basically, what they're saying is, we should just kill Goldie. If you get bit by a rattlesnake, you cut off your arm, you're going to live. See his face in the center there? Yeah. You know his face. Also, my research was very bad. On the left here is a guy that's been in lots of Clint Eastwood movies. He's been in lots of cowboy things, and I don't, I didn't find him in my research. It's okay. It's like I say, every kind of modern Western always has like a guy who was in a Western. Yes. You know, like, yeah, in the background or just read, you know, like in, think of Back to the Future 3. He walks into that saloon, and everybody sitting at the table yeah. have been in like Holy! That's well, right. Go, all those yeah. guys. So that makes it genuine. Okay, so Mayer's worked out a deal. Essentially what it is, is he can promise if Goldie gets out of town, they won't kill him. Just get on a horse that we're going to give you. We're going to give you a little money. You just walk out of town. I don't trust this guy. I think he wants to steal the farm. I believe him because he was just in the other room arguing for Goldie because Goldie's parents were one of the people that settled this town. Right. 
sheriff wants me out of here. That's, That's right. That's it. The sheriff wants you out of here. Then I'll go right through that door. I go through the door. I have a gun in this hand, and I'll have a torch in this hand, and I will burn and kill every goddamn thing I lay eyes on, every man, woman, and child, and animal I see. Yeah, I could use it for natural lighting at the night. Right. The torch. fire, keep the fire burning. That peace officer is Earl Lovett. Earl Lovett? Wait, Wild Earp. Isn't there like an Earp that I should know from Westerns? There is a Earp, but Billy, that and it was involved in Billy Kid's life, but he won't meet him till that okay corral crap. Yeah, right. Now he goes, look, I've arranged for a horse and provisions for you tomorrow morning, or I, if you don't leave on that horse, I swear you'll be dead by the end of the day. Hmm. I'll think it over. When can I get back to you, Agnes? Tuesday? He goes, both my folks died and they gave their lives to settle this damn town. You're going to kick me out? I got my rights. And he's like, you don't have any rights. It's no matter you walking into Coffee bill privilege. Throw me out of town. It's not going to happen. I'm going to leave when I'm damn well ready, Ben. You understand? Yeah, there you go. Because I got my rights, eh? Up. Holy, you got no rights. What? Hey, what do you mean I got no rights? You gonna pour me down the sink like a common Coffeeville resident? Yikes. I got my rights! Come on, Goldie. You're making a scene. Derecha! Okay, now, this is his mom starting a lantern. It's oh, already tomorrow. Sport. Look, she's already sleeping with him. Now, back then, you needed to be a partnership or you were nowhere. Do you know what I mean? She couldn't farm that place, you know? Wait, so it's he's, like back up. He slept with his mom. What? What do you mean by he? You don't mean Billy. Oh, right. No, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't I couldn't see who it was. I didn't know if that was Billy the kid or the uh, the fake sheriff. It's the fake mayor. Fake mayor. Yeah. Now, of course, they're going to have a real mayor. Really, what he is, is he's a landowner. Okay? You saw, saw him sell this house. He, he, he owns all the properties, and, you know, the town's real important to him. He wanted that mayor real bad and a council. And Now, look, it's a big dust storm today. I don't know why, but it makes it for a very cool and eerie exit of Goldie and of the town. It's that's true. Yeah, how cool well is that? Done. Carl, I don't I'm so glad we're watching this movie together because it's cool and I know it's leading somewhere, but I'm more interested in the last 10 minutes of this movie than the lead up, even though it's okay. good. Let me just tell you because you know I ruin endings, all right? I'll just tell you. They gotta go out of town, okay? And they're gonna go try to find that big gym guy. Or did I say Big Joe before? Joe. It's Big Jim. And they do find him, but basically, like, Big Jim's a jerk and, you know, try. so they try to rob him. And basically, they do a shootout and and uh, Billy the Kid and Goldie win. And then they take all the spoils and march off into the sunset. It's a terrible ending. It just, they they've, we've set up so yeah. many things in this film. 
We and none of them will pay off. Okay, the relationship with Burl, the uh, turning into. We will see him turn into a killer, but it's not declared as such, you know? Uh, so anyway, Goldie's taking the deal, okay? Goldie's marching out of town without getting killed. Burl's and he's not bringing... Is Burl coming with him or no? Yes. Now, yeah. Billy is not part of the deal. The may fake mayors made that very clear. Billy has to stay here with his mother, Okay. So that's yeah, this new stepdad. It's a little awkward right now. I got a new stepdad. He doesn't know uncle. it yet. He doesn't know it yet. Oh, the guy's just an uncle. Hey, have you met Uncle Fake uh, Mayor? No, he doesn't know a thing about the mom right now. Look at that dust. Yeah, I would. Be, I wouldn't be like the fake mayor. I would have closed that door. Like it's. They, uh, I would have opened it and pushed him out and closed it. It's smokier than the, the green room at uh, uh, the bar you go to. Sorry. Shit. In, now, in, uh, Scotty's? Springfield, now, Scotty's, yeah. Yeah. Now, um, he rides the horse, and she's got to fucking walk. That's not cool. Why aren't they on the horse together? Yeah, or give her a parasol, these. Now, look, watch her acting. She is going to be happy. In the face of this snow, a sandstorm, she is happy. That's great. Oh, yeah, things are moving up. Things are a lot better for her now. <laughs> well, she won't have to be a hoe, that's for sure. Until, I don't know, maybe in the next town. I don't know, but you know what I mean. Like, she's walking away from not a fun place. But, uh-oh, what is this? Oh, no Westward Ho. Oh, no, they're varmints. Right. But they're not varmints, right? They're the law. Now... I think fake mayor was hoodwinked. Why would he go through with this thing to go ahead and come out of town? You know, are they going to ambush them? Yep. And for what? They made a deal. Honor yeah. the deal, and that's what Goldie's going to say to them. Now look, here We're, comes a guy. He's lassoed right around the neck. Right. He's yeah. Off the right. horse. That's not Billy. No, no Billy's, Billy's not, not the there. Billy's in the saloon. Guns are going off, but they're missing him. Stay back. Stay back. Hey, now, Mayor will not let Billy go outside until Billy kicks Fake Mayor in the balls. And just like the octagon, he's, well, not like the octagon, he's not going to say, oh, shit. Right. Hold your fire. I got a deal. My you balls. I got a deal. Now, fake you sheriff is deal. not the real sheriff. He's having a very hard time shooting Goldie. Now, what does Burl do? Burl protects her man. Burl's on Goldie. the team. Yeah. Here she comes. No. These are bloodless shootouts. Well, he was pressured. Oh, no. 
shit! Oh, shit. Well done. Good acting. So he was pressured into shooting Burl. And Billy, look at him disappear into the dust. Like that. Oh, it's very easy to disappear in this YouTube clip. Because it's so dark. I'm sorry yeah. you're having such trouble with it. It really does look okay on my side. You that can sounds see good. everything. Probably, yeah. Yeah, probably the recording will look okay for YouTube. Yeah. All right, now I'm he shot worried. in the arm. And his hand will stay in his pocket for pretty much the rest of the film. Now, is he going to go find like a a, a disgusting restroom in, in a gas station? And he's going <laughs> to get order a bottle of whiskey no. and a, a plastic cup. And then he's going to get some, I don't know, pull out the, the slugs. All right. Now, let this good movie entertain you now. He's upset that girl's dead. Don't you think I know that? It's I his husband. I guess so. You guess so. <laughs> you guess so. Where the hell were you? Where were you? Mm -hmm. The intern had me by the throat. The fake I mayor. Thought I, you. I thought I could count on you. I'm not so sure. Goddamn sure. Okay, Bill, let's go now. Come on. So now I'm to Goldie. Now they're out of the town, and it isn't him and Burl, it's him and Bill. And right. Billy is abandoned, and what they're gonna do is try to find Big Jim. Uh our film is wrapping up here, okay? I don't believe you. And it, I would check a gas station if they're looking for Slim Jim. The thing is, like, I really think he should have gotten nicknamed Billy the Kid, or we should understand that he's been launched into this life of crime now. Like, like there should have been something where the mom was going, Billy, come back! She's Irish, by the way. Come back, oh, I that. you know, and he has to make a choice. He's looking at Goldie. He's looking at the mom or something. This this needed in a movie. A hero changes, right? And and most of the time it's for the better. But for this film, it would like he won. He had a goal. He was going for it, and then everything fucks up. And in the last act, he changes to be a better person and get a better goal. In this, he should change, like, now I'm a psych. Nobody ever is going to tell me what to do again. You know, he should have changed to be launched. We should have seen flashes of what he becomes in the beginning, too. Like, you're right. I mean, he might have. Some context, because yeah. in terms of the story, this is the inciting incident that changes him. But Burl should be on our side here. There should have, I think it should have had to do with the town. You know, I think he should have had to become, a, like he killed 21 men or whatever it is. I think he had to go crazy in the town and they said, come on, Goldie, we're getting out of here. You know, like oh, he owned the town and he gave it up or. This right, because this town, one thing I do like about Westerns is that it is the new West. It's America expanding and, and all the cutthroat and all the, the, the nastiness exposed. So. If you have this guy trying to get a town built, you know, because he's a landowner, 
There's right. so much more. It's the story is always bigger than the villains and the heroes. There's yes. always something, a greater force above, which is the expansion of the West. Right. Uh, you know, yeah. Like the railroads coming through. Now more t people are in the town. Yeah. But who owns the railroads? They're the real criminals. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. always something like bigger that they can't control. So, I mean, that's probably why Billy the Kid is such a hero is because he was fighting against all that, I guess. I don't even know. Like if he wasn't, he wasn't really a hero, he was just sensationalized. He ended up in the newspaper and he, you know, it was like, like, you know, 15 articles about him. He became a legend and like the newspaper knew it was good press. He got captured by that sheriff and dragged back. He escaped jail. The sheriff went after him, found him and shot him down. I don't know. Okay, so that was the okay Big Corral. Jim and Big Jim basically what's that? That was the the OK Corral. I don't really know, Mike. Yeah. OK Corral, okay, I think, is, is a story in the middle. And it had to do with the shootout uh between Wyatt Earp. Uh it was they were on one team, Doc Holliday and and yeah. they won, you know. I think it happened at high noon. I don't really know the story. Here's Big Jim. And now we find out. Okay, he's doing a little squirm way up here. I know this actor and I didn't We're look him up. Big Jim McDaniel. You ever hear of him, Lloyd? Big Jim McDaniel? No. No. Mm. Oh, come on, Big Jim McDaniel, you know? Come on now. Know who I mean? Uh-oh. Yeah. The time, uh, text cop. Oh. What did you say? Oh, I, I thought it, I guess I'm going to check the end credits, but I thought it was Ty Cobb. Oh, the person I, yeah, I don't have that. I've got a bunch of names here that I didn't research. Okay. Um, Alex Wilson, Ronnie Graham, Scott Walker, Rosary Nix, Frank Weller, yeah, Frank Weller. Holy shit. Right. That's you know the that voice name, actor, Scooby-Doo. He's done yeah, over like 100 voices, Transformers. He's been doing it for decades. So Craig was that buffalo hunter, buffalo hunter that got shot. Severn. Is Scott Walker the singer? This guy is Sven Darden. Uh, no, I don't think he's a singer. Um, Len Lesser, Ed Lauter, I don't know. A bunch of people I didn't really catch because... They're in one scene and gone forever. Look, he's right. thrilling his dick. Really? Yeah, he's laughing. Like little boy. Let's trip. Don't the name Charlie not. Oh. No, no, no. Uh oh. Billy's doing it. Now, he's out of bullets, watch what he does. Step on her head? Oh, it takes another gun. Watch his head. Watch his head. Ow! Oof. Now watch. Ow! 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 You're shot on the head. Now, this is the first time Billy has killed anyone. He's killed a whole, you know, three of them, beat one to death. 
Goldie's going to be like, you did good, kid. But he's not going to say, you know, we really, maybe he won't say kid. But he, Goldie's going to, uh, Billy the Kid's going to be like, I did do good. This is the moment that they could really make a film. But they don't. It just ends now. Well, kids, only 18 more to go. Right. Look how dirty they are, man. This film art direction is really good. Just some respect. The man just died. Kid, you were good. You were good. Now look at Billy's face. Jesus. I was. I was good. Get their stuff. Get every damn thing, go. Now it starts playing this goofy music as they rob, as they pilfer their, you know, is it called right, plunder? After you they do plunder. Thing, you... Yeah, but you, like you said, like there's no shoe store around there. What? what they, I mean, I mean, no, no, that's true and everything. But I'm saying, in terms of the movie, this is the scene in which you really should have changed. You see how oh, we right. got it a little bit? Right. I oh, mean, I didn't realize these were... Uh, now we're getting the credits. Now we get... To, he has a name now. He doesn't have a name. Nobody knows him. That's what I mean. Like, there should be something that launches him. But the for us, the audience, we see, you know, Michael J. Pollard, and it says, Billy. That's it. It's, That's it's, it. Yeah. Here they are walking off with their spoils. With that stupid music. It's like banjo and harmonica or uh, jaw harp. It says fiddle and a uh, fucking banjo. And there's a <laughs> tuba. What happened? They pulled up the... the uh, the oh, band took all the good instruments by the time they got there. <laughs> there was a banjo, a yeah, tuba, <laughs> try What are we gonna do with it? There's a fiddle. Lee Purcell Pearl is really Pearl. the best actress in this, yeah. Pearl, what'd you think of this movie? I thought that this was a good movie that just didn't make a third act. I think this would have been a better movie if we had really been able to hug a story i think it was really well acted really well shot really well art directed it, it was good that it was grimy and dirty right i think in the end let's uh turn off our screen share here Bow! all right I, I think it's a good film and i do recommend you see it but just know that it's gonna end after the time is over it doesn't yeah, then, then, you with an ending. I was really glad I watched it with you. I'm really glad you kind of filled me in at some points because it it's, was really hard for me to sit through this movie just because it was a slower pace. You know, I have problems where it's origin stories and, you know, unless there wasn't, there was some meat, there was some great performances. I absolutely agree. And, and the cinematography was good. It's an interesting movie. I'm glad we saw it. You know, I'm glad I saw it, but uh, well, I wouldn't first, not recommend it. The first time I ever watched this film, I did not know that it was Billy the Kid. I just thought I was seeing somebody's story, you know? Yeah, you're and right. That's why when you texted me, Billy the Kid, I was like, hmm, it's in the description, I guess. Let's see, is it? 
I'm realistic, pretty... unsensationalized portrait of the early years of the most famous outlaw in history, Billy the Kid. You're right, Mike. Yeah. All right. I thought you were going to say Ed Koch. Well, that has been Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegel Ooh. and Carl. Excuse me. I've been drinking coffee all during this thing. We're going to be back. So, again, mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to check out all the shows, live comedy on Friday and Mondays. And if you're in the area, you can come by, sign up. Carl is at carlsucks.com. We wish Carl the best of luck in all the co- upcoming com- comedy best competitions of suck. God. Best oh, yeah. Suck. I'm going to mop the floor. It's a, the most the best New Jersey comic held in New York. They're fucking New Yorkers are fucking patronizing little shits. They're just <laughs> doing that. They're like, come on, dance Jersey boy. Yeah, That's right. Bring it. Yeah. They're just selling tickets. Fair enough. Well, we wish you the best, and because you are the best New Jersey comic, you keep bringing on these other comics. But we—they all know. You can see it in their eyes. They—they're lucky that you called them. We're going to be back next week. I'm the best open micer. I'm king of the open micers. You know, at this point in my life, I would take it absolutely. That sounds (laughs) great. Uh, All right, well, king of the uh, open micers. uh, Open micer. Mayor of Munchkin Land. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, King of the Hill. King, King of the, of the Hill. Nerds. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. Well, we will be back next week, so we would love for you to make sure you have a preferable way of li- watching or listening to us, whether it's on mutinyradio.fm, Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Audio podcast drops every Sunday night, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. And don't forget our video YouTube. podcast YouTube. on the YouTube. Yes. And also, yes. W- yes. Do YouTube. L W A F L M O Y T. Donate to Mutiny and watch us on YouTube. There, There you have it. All right, great shows coming up. Bye. Friend, I wrote this song. Uh, my turn ons are satin sheets and the way champagne tickles my nose. I love to paint outdoors. Listen, you should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl, the French duh, not the oh, oh, duh. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube. Song, my turn ons are dancing in the dark. 
pissing on a lark, and peeing in the park. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. That's the duh of Francais, not the duh of dumbass. But never mind that. Don't follow me now. Follow me later. I mean, for right now. W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Welcome to the show. Ah, thank you, ah. Mike. Thank you. I'm happy to be here on our show. We are bursting with energy. We're broadcasting right now, first, as always, on mutinyradio.fm. It is the your internet streaming radio pal, direct from the heart of the mission, in San Francisco, we are on there first every Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We are part of a delightful afternoon. We follow Found Round Sound with Scotto, and then we're right before Ugly Sunday. So tune in. Go type in mutinyradio.fm. Hit play now and listen to us every Sunday, 2 p.m. PST. Hi, Carl. We are also a podcast by our acronym. It's A-L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-Y-T. YT is YouTube. Type that into your podcast dumb. app. Dumb. The whole name's dumb. Dumb, 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 dumb. And we are, of course, on YouTube where you can see Carl and me right now talking. I am, of course, wearing my Mutiny Radio shirt, uh, as always. And we are going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. If you're watching it on YouTube, you don't have to – basically, you'll listen to us, find the YouTube uh, movie on YouTube, listen, watch the movie – sound off and listen to us and if that's a big headache just go subscribe to our youtube channel where carl syncs up the movies and that's l w a f l m o y t good to see you man what movie are we watching today today we will watch the lathe of heaven 1980 the lathe of heaven everyone knows lathe is l-a-t-h-e it's la the which is french for the and american for <laughs> english for the it's not the, confusing at all the Lace of Heaven, 1980. The channel we like is weird name. The end. It ends in doll, like roll doll. K L I L J E doll. Kalilji doll. Kalilji doll is hosting our movie. If you see something that sounds like that, you are yeah. in the right place. Type yeah. in Lace of Hem Heaven. Lace is a mechanical tool. I just looked that up. It is L A T H E. Lathe of Heaven. Find the link. 1980. 1980. This is pretty recent. Uh, so we're going to watch this movie. So we want you to watch it with us. You find the link. Lathe of Heaven. 1980. From Khalil Dahl. And then you find it. You click it. You hit pause. Move it back to zero, zero. This might take you a couple minutes. But yeah, we have like, good that's news. That's a lot to digest, right? Oh, it's going to take a while to look up lathe with T-H-E. Hang on. I'm going to give you... A machine for shaping wood, metal, or other material by means of a rotating drive, which turns the piece being worked on against changeable cutting tools. I have lathe metal in a machine shop. There, I use it as a verb. So, so I know exactly what they're talking about. It spins, and like you make the the beds, posts, you know, as it goes around. You yeah, that's right. And I know heaven, right? That's where I, I'm going when I die. Oh, great. Yeah, great. No, I, I got tickets and everything. I got round trip tickets. Is that wrong? All right, let's uh, 
All right, so go ahead, hit the link. We are going to say go, and you're going to hit play with us. But we have a special comedian, a celebrity yeah. comedian, right. that's going to do our countdown. So take your time, find the movie, hit the link, wait. Carl has a celebrity comedian. We're going to learn a little bit about the celebrity comedian, and they are going to do the celebrity comedian countdown. Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Doug Carve. Welcome, Hello, Doug. Hello, Carve. How are you? All right, great. Now, you are an extraordinary comedian, okay? Oh, I don't know about that, but thank you. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> I've seen you, maybe I've seen you even 10 times, 12 times. It always, I'm, I'm bumping into you at the Comedy Cove. It's a, it's a haunt of yours, you yes. know? But I hear you started comedy kind of late. You were in your 30s. It was the early 2000s. You had this like bringer show at the comedy cellar. That's what sucked you into comedy. You didn't even want to do it. Tell us about this story. Yeah, I started in my early 30s. Um, I had no interest in doing stand-up whatsoever. Um, a very close friend of mine at the time thought that I was, you know, just the funniest thing walking and I, I didn't feel that way about myself. I was just the guy with all my buddies that made everybody laugh. Um, but uh, he pushed and pushed and pushed. And he he said, you know, you have to do stand-up. I think you're so... And there was a couple other people as well. And uh -huh. I it, he signed me up for an amateur night um, at the Comedy Cellar in Greenwich Village. Um, I was absolutely terrified. Um, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Uh I, I, I really felt like I was being brought to my execution, to be honest with you. <laughs> and, um, but I, you know, I spent a couple of weeks working on some horrifically bad material. Um, mm -hmm. And I had to memorize it, obviously, verbatim, because I knew I'd be so nervous, so scared. Um, but I put together seven minutes, and uh, I got to the club that night. I'll never forget. And I swear to you, I always tell people, if there was a room with a Bengal tiger and or the stage, and I had a choice of going into one of them, I would have gone in the room with the Bengal tiger. I thought it was terrifying. <laughs> um, but, you know, I got up because there were people that came to see me, and I felt, you know, some obligation to them. They drove to the city, and of course. They, made that, yeah, they made that, <clears throat> excuse me, um, they made that sacrifice, and I, I said, you know what, I can't let my family and friends down. I got up, I did the seven minutes, and, you know, people laughed and it, it wasn't, you know, incredible. It was very uh, raw and very underdeveloped. I didn't know what I was doing really. But I remember that it felt good. And I said, wow, you know what? I think I'd like to do that again. Um, and the rest is history. I mean, I just, I, start, I did a few more shows there. And then I started to get into the circle of comedians, um, you know, the amateur comedian circle. Excuse me, I apologize for the hoarse voice. Um, I got into the circle of amateur comedians. I started finding some rooms in Jersey, closer to where I live. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I started traveling around and, and learning the craft, you know, and I, I got up on stage as much as humanly possible. I used to seek out the toughest rooms as I could, you know, because I felt like the more I challenged myself, the better I would get. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, after doing it for a little while, I started to get some, you know, quote unquote job offers, you know, yeah. where people would pay me, you know, five, ten dollars, twenty dollars to host a show, you know, gas money, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, but it was cool. And at the time I had a good job. 
I was making decent money. Um, so, but for me to be paid even a dollar to do something I love to do, because I fell in love with it very quickly, um, it was it was a dream because I had never been paid to do anything I loved. I thought it was like a fantasy, you know. And um, I slowly but surely kind of moved up the ranks. I got some better opportunities, and eventually people started featuring me. And you now here I am now today, and you know doing headlining spots and. And it's 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 a tough road, you know. I always tell people, you got to treat it like a job. You got to treat it like a profession. You got to put your nose to the grindstone. You have to be reliable. You got to put in the work, and you have to have fun. That's the most important thing. Yeah, you have to have fun. That is the most important thing. Do you think that if you bombed the first time ever, if you didn't get those laughs, you wouldn't have been inspired to go on? Um, that's a good question. I've never really thought about that. Um. I don't know. I, I think if I did horrifically bad, it yeah. may have deterred me a little bit. Um, I, I It's not like I got a lot of laughs. I got a few laughs and people were smiling and I got some laughs here and there. Um, I don't know how I would have read. I'm, I'm kind of a stubborn person. So yeah. there's a good chance that, you know, I probably would have got a little mad and said, you know what? I'm going to do this again. I You know, I'm not going to go out on that note. So I probably would have tried it once or twice more. Mm -hmm. um, just so that wasn't my lasting memory of it. Um, but I really don't know. I mean, I never, I never really thought too much about that. It was, luckily, uh, I did okay. But remember too, those amateur type bringer shows, you know, when you're starting out, the audiences are friendly. Yeah, and absolutely. They're there to support, you know, newer comics. They're not, they're not people that are like, you know, now you're working in a pro club. People are paying good money. So the expectation is, you know, they're going to be entertained. They paid their money. It's like anything else. You know, they, they want their money's worth. When you're doing some of those types of shows, luckily, the people in the audience understand that everybody's kind of starting out. So they're a little more, um, what can I say? They're a little more you know, understanding um, uh, yeah. and a little more forgiving is the word I'm looking for. So, it, it, but it was good. And, you know, I tell, you know, the newer comics all the time, you just got to get up as much as you can. And you can't worry about the reaction necessarily. No one, I always tell people, no one remembers how Derek Jeter did in Little League. You know, no one cares. It's irrelevant. Um, you can't miss any runs on the ladder. You have to put in the work. And frankly, I always tell women and men that are getting into this, find the toughest rooms, find the tough spots. Mm -hmm. Go to places where people are least likely to be receptive. And it'll make you stronger. And that's... That that was that was something that I did, and I'm glad I did it. A lot of comics are looking for the feel good spots in the beginning. Yeah, That's yeah, a it's a mistake. Yeah, and I think some comedian told you that once when you he said, "How's it going? Your comedy or whatever?" You said, "It's doing great. I've just been doing it a few months, and 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 I'm having good laughs and good reactions." And he said, "Oh, that's not good." <laughs> yeah, he told me. He said, "He said it's." better if you have your you know your worst um your worst situations very yeah. early on yeah because uh you know it's gonna hurt more when you, when you <laughs> fall on your face so that's right. probably true now i see a lot of comedians coming <clears throat> through that comedy cove and you are very unique yeah. in one distinction and that is 
I don't want to even call it crowd work. That's being with the crowd, connecting with the crowd and understanding everyone who's in the room. Uh, more than half of your time that you do on that stage. I know you've got all the material to fill that time too, but more than half of your time is working with the crowd. So my question to you about it, because I've seen you like 10 times, it's obvious that you have a lot of experience with that because you handle it so well. Tell me about the times when you were learning that, doing crowd work and making mistakes, pissing a guy off, getting a reaction. That must have honed you to do it so well today. Oh, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, in the beginning, material is a lot more important because you're scared, you're nervous, and you can't really think clearly. You know, you can't. You know, you can't really think on your feet. It's tough to be like stream of consciousness. You know, I, I always enjoyed playing with the crowd. That was kind of something that I found very fun and enjoyable myself. So I was lucky. Um, you have to have the material. Um, but I think it's just it's just practice and time. And, you know, the more you relax on stage, the more clearly you can think. I was always kind of a wise guy, you know, with my friends and mm -hmm. school and you know, to the to the dismay of my uh, my teachers, <laughs> my, father, my father really wasn't happy that I was a natural comedian. You know that that didn't bode well, and it certainly didn't help my GPA at all. Um, but uh, I think for me, the crowd work part—it's kind of my natural thing that I love. And as I as I progressed and got more relaxed on stage, I think you kind of you know morph into what you are. You know, mm -hmm. it's no different than an athlete or anything else. You know, you start out learning the basics. You get that framework of the basic fundamentals. And then you kind of, as you relax, you kind of develop and you become, you develop your own uniqueness. And I just enjoy the crowd work because it's fresh. It's new every night. Yeah. Sometimes comedians are doing the same material over and over. and It can get boring and dry for yes. that. Yeah. And I think the audience likes it too. They enjoy the interaction. Okay, now, Doug Karf, everyone at home That's is me. ready to, it is you, and it's yep. not a PH, right? It's a PF. It's a PF. The P is silent because we don't like to get spit on when people are telling us our name, right? <laughs> Listen, yeah. since the P is silent, why don't you just make it PF, PH, PH? That's the same thing as PF. Right? I'm not messing with thousand years, thousands of years of my yes. ancestry. Yes. I don't need right. more bad karma. Okay, now. Doug Karpf with a PF. Right. Everyone at home is poised to watch this film at the same time as we do here in the studio. So everyone at home must press play on their device at the same time we do here in the studio. So why don't you go ahead, Doug, go ahead, Doug Karpf, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. Three, two, one, go. Thank you, celebrity comedian countdown. Very informative. I look forward to listening to it. And now, I don't know what the fuck I'm watching, but I'm really into it. Is this like a movie production title card? No, no. We are looking at a... I don't know. I don't know. What are we it's looking at? It's supposed to let you know, like, this movie is sort of cosmic in a way. It's larger oh, than something. You're called Machine Tool of Heaven, and you're going to let me know you're cosmic. <laughs> Well, the lathe shapes the wood, you see, uh -huh. and this guy shapes reality with his dream. Oh, you know what? Can I get a refund? I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is he like, 
Oh, I love her, but she will never talk to me. And then he meets her in her dreams. No, that would be National Lampoon's Lathe of Heaven. Right. I of course, which we're writing. Which we're currently working virgin. on. Right. No, this was a PBS film, and this was a big deal. It was called. It was a project called TV Lab. It's like PBS's first made-for-TV movie ever. Wow. Um, it was done in New York, even though it was funded out of Boston. You know how PBS Oops. is all about Boston. Oops, yep. I dropped the bomb. Nuclear explosion. Ah, don't look, don't look directly into it, Carl. That'll mush your room. Isn't that funny? Like, the explosion will mush your room. It's a mush room. It's a, oh, right, it does mush your room. Okay, now here comes George. And George is fucked up from a nuclear explosion. Is he the last man alive? Kind of thing. Yeah. He's not. He's not. There's a population that will live on after the devastation. But it's going to get interrupted by a dream. Cool. Oh, stop sign. You should really, George, respect the sign. That's a, see, this is when society breaks down, when you have a nuclear war. People don't even stop at the stop sign. Man, you should see Carl when he has a camera. He's like, do you see this abandoned building? Boom, we're making a post-apocalyptic movie. I want to yeah. crawl I'm on the ground. You up. I'm picking you up. At, as soon as you get back from Brandeis, I'm picking you up. And we're going to go. Now, is this based on a science fiction novel by Ursula yeah. Le Guin? Yeah, there's a woman named Ursula Le Guin, and she was a big deal. Now, big she deal. doesn't like being called science fiction. She just wants to be an American novelist because... You know, but come on, if you do science fiction stories, right? You're going to be. Oh, yeah. You have devoted fans of American fiction. Bullshit. You have science look fiction fans. Look who's waking up, okay? Twink. Wasn't the twink just in the devastation of the aftermath of a nuclear explosion? The twink was. So what's he doing here in this nice room with everything intact? He didn't get a mooshed room. I like Kevin Conway. Oh, yeah, no. right. His room's not mooshed. It's, it's a wide room. Kevin Conway will be our evil doctor. Was he the guy in MASH? Uh, no, in no. Taxi? No, no. Uh, he played multiple characters in The Fun House. You know that horror film. You like that horror film. I do like that horror film. He was in Funny Farm with Chevy Chase. Whoop-de-doo. Oh, I have to rewatch that. That's Michael Ritchie. Director. Invincible, the football drama in 2000. Direct on the American novel by Ursula K. Le Guin. Ursula Le Guin. You might know him in Slaughterhouse-Five. He was um, Ronald Weary, 1972, Slaughterhouse-Five. What a weird Five. movie. I saw that film. Yeah. Yeah. The protagonist Two was directors. Kind of Look at that guy's name. It's Barzak. <laughs> That's right. There's two directors, and they were like, yeah, it's Barzik. The Y is like an E sound. I want my last name to have Z Y X. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. it'd be Spiegelman. Instead of I E, it would be a Y. It would be X Y Spiegelman. Yeah, right. Exagelman. So he has woken up into a normal world after this nuclear bomb hit. Uh, it does York. rain a lot. Oh, it's the Portland. Okay, that makes now, sense. It rains in Portland, especially in the future. <laughs> now, this film, this book was set in Portland, and the film was going to be in Portland. But the thing is, Dallas had all these, like, very futuristic buildings. So they switched it to Dallas. That's true. Give it up for Dallas architecture. 
Now look, look he's some sort of poke apocalyptic blue collar worker kind of guy. And here's his like manager. Where are you going? See, he abused drugs, so he has to go to counseling. But the drugs he abused were drugs that prevent you from dreaming. It's fucking weird. So he's going to like a dream shrink. Dream shrink. Oh, cool. The dream corp. Yeah, dream yeah, corp. Oh, you got to take the future bus. It's an American bus. It's not a science fiction bus. Right. This is the future bus and future train station. I watched the PBS special. Like PBS for me reminds me of modern television because they would shoot it on video and it would look weird, right? Like this is a very blurry yeah. copy we have. I saw a Raul Julia movie that he did for PBS and it was a science fiction movie. And it looked like I was actually looking at him in the room because it was so grainy yeah. and like distinct. Yeah. Like, if you ever watch a modern television set that's on 4K 